T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight, and we're so glad to have you tuned in to today's program, and hope you'll stay with us for the next 25, 30 minutes or so of Bible study, fellowship, and a message today from the Word of God. Have some music coming your way also. Hope you will stay, hope you'll stay with us. I would like to mention to you, if I could, Pathway Christian Academy in Goldsboro. I realize many listening to the program today, you're certainly not in commuting distance of Goldsboro, North Carolina, but uh, if you happen to live in the Goldsboro, Wayne County area, within uh, 30 minutes or so at least of, uh, of that area, I'd like to encourage you to check out Pathway Christian Academy for your kindergarten four through grade 12 child. We have an academically sound Christian-based program to give your children the academics they need, but at the same time, also a Christian environment, a safe environment for them to be in. And in this day and time, that's a very important and almost rare commodity. I want to encourage you to check it out. Pathway Academy. Dot .org is the uh, is the website and if you check out uh, that particular website you'll be able to find all kinds of information and if you uh, check it out and say you know I'd like more information give us a call we can arrange a, an appointment for you to come out and tour the campus and and meet with someone to answer any questions that you might have again that website once again is pathwayacademy.org G. The title of today's message is Kind, K-I-N-D, Christians. Are you a kind Christian? Well, I, I hope you are, and we're going to take a look at that today from the Word of God. Hope you'll stay, hope you'll stay tuned. But right now, just before that message, we're going to be talking about a haven of rest. This is Ivan Parker singing for us. This is an old Christian classic I think you'll enjoy. Soul inside exile.
I made the statement at church uh, the other day, and I asked the people, I said, I'm about to make a statement, and I want you to uh, hear the entire message before you uh, judge me too critically uh, for the uh, for the comment I'm, I'm about to make. And, and the comment I made was this, that uh, I looked out among the congregation, including many members of my own family, and I said this, I don't think most of you are very nice people. As a matter of fact, I, I, some of you, I just would not call you nice at all. Well, of course, that got me a few looks from the congregation, and uh, I think I saw a couple of people start to throw uh, apples or onions at me. I'm not sure. I said, but give me a chance to explain, and, and I will also make the same comment to our radio audience today and many of our friends listening in. Probably I wouldn't call you very nice either, to be honest with you. Galatians chapter 2 is where we're going to be today, and we're going to look in verse number 11 and uh, through verse 14 in just a moment. And we're talking today about kind Christians. I, I uh, once knew a fella years ago that was one of the nicest men I've ever met. And I say that with all sincerity. He was just nice. Uh, on the surface, he seemed to be respectful, compassionate, and almost so sugary sweet it was almost sickening. Now, I'm not saying he was effeminate. He was not. He, he, was, he was a man. But he was, uh, well, he was nice. Just super duper sugary coated nice. But at the same time, I come to learn that he was, or I came to learn that he was a deceptive, backstabbing individual. Unlike what many people assume, being nice and being kind are two radically different things. They may share a few common attributes, but quite frankly, once you study them out, not many. Being nice involves doing something that's pleasing or agreeable. On the other hand, kindness is doing something that is helpful. It comes from a place of genuine concern and benevolence or love. Therefore, as strange as it may seem, you can be kind without always being nice. And a person who's really kind sometimes will not be nice at all. Because a truly kind response won't always be pleasing to the other person. In many situations, being nice is not necessarily being kind at all. Now, niceness certainly has its place. I'm not saying that it doesn't. Niceness can make you give a glowing eulogy at the funeral of a very wicked person. It might cause embarrassment or niceness sometimes refuses to ask honest questions that might need to be asked. Niceness often hides anger and frustration, and sometimes it even hides, well, sometimes it even hides the truth. All these things might have a place, but not always. As a matter of fact, some of them hardly ever. Let's call niceness what it usually is. It usually is designed to be either people-pleasing, conflict-avoiding, or an effective way to manipulate others to like you by not revealing what you really think. In other words, oftentimes when I'm nice, I'm not nice because it's good for you. I'm nice because it's good for me. If I say the right things, do the right things, nod in agreement, 
well, you'll like me better and it will avoid conflict. It might not help you. It might even deceive you, but that's what I do because I want to be nice. In other words, niceness does not want the peace to be destabilized even by the truth. Our God becomes peace. Peace at any price, if you will. So I'll be nice to achieve peace even if it hurts you in the long run. So niceness can be pretty much like an act. You see, I may not agree with the word you said, but I want you to like me. I want to avoid conflict, so I pretend all is okay by a show of niceness, so it is an act. I act out that I agree with you. So you respond to my convincing act, and you think I'm a really nice person, a really great person, and the entire thing is totally a fabricated lie because I don't agree with you. I don't like what you said. What you said, I, I don't agree with that at all. But I want to avoid conflict, so I'm going just not in agreement. And it's a lie. But I'm trying to be nice. Niceness can be dangerous for a Christian. You see, when we pretend not to see the sin or error that's before us, then before long we tend to stop seeing it altogether. We don't have to pretend anymore. Niceness can fold a gentle cloth over our eyes so we no longer see sin clearly. When we refuse to see it for an extended period of time, after a while we just, well, we just don't see it at all. And we might even begin to make dishonest excuses for our own sins and for the sins of others. We don't call out bad behavior. We don't warn others away from it. We don't do that because, well, we really don't want them to not like us. And all of this leaves us dangerously vulnerable to being blindsided by corruption ourselves. Niceness champions cowardice and eventually a blandness, a blandness of character. We become all things to all people, not the wind to Christ. Paul said, I can become all things to all men that I might win some. But we're becoming all things to all people, not to win them to Christ, but just because we want them to accept us. Of course, eventually, you'll begin to assume that everybody else is just like you. Everybody else is just as fake as you are. Trouble is, if our relationships or if all of our relationships are nice, then no one's going to tell us the truth. And therefore, no one can really be trusted. Because I'm going to assume no one's telling me the truth because they all want me to like them, so they all say things that I agree with. Niceness lures us in with the promise of being liked, maybe even loved, and then leaves us with hollow relationships that lack any form of authenticity. What does genuine kindness look like then? Well, if it may not even be a distant cousin to niceness, I'm not sure kindness is related to niceness at all, really. What does genuine kindness really look like? First of all, there's a fake kindness that many of us Christians have. You, you see, we are willing to be kind and speak to the truth so long as we're speaking it to other people who are, well, way out there somewhere. Yet we can only muster niceness to those who are close to us. This allows us, for an example, to call ourselves, this allows us to call ourselves bold while maintaining our nice Christian image because we never turn the critical eye to those close to us. I can blast those that uh, 
in Washington, D.C. for what they do, but I'm not going to say anything to you because you might not like me. I can blast somebody that's in a different church or in a different group because they'll probably never know it anyway, but I can't blast you because you'll know it. What did Paul do when he saw error, not only in the churches he helped to found, but even among his own group of church leaders? Well, in Galatians 2, where I've asked you to look, Paul is in, uh, in Antioch and he confronts Peter. It's a deeply kind and loving act that he does, but most would say it's not nice. Galatians chapter 2, verse 12, For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews disassembled likewise with him. He's talking about Peter, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their, their dissimulation. But when I saw that they not walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? Again, that's Galatians 2, verses 12 through 14. Now, knowing the personality of Peter the way I do, I, I doubt that he initially took this rebuke very well. The Jews whom he feared certainly were not going to agree with Paul. Imagine the tension in the room that day as Paul confronted Peter about something that he felt was wrong. Now, perhaps the nice thing for Paul to have done was to say nothing at all. Just ignore it. After all, this is Peter. Perhaps Paul could have written a letter to Peter, and he would have got it maybe a couple of weeks or a couple of months later. At the, or at the very least, he might could have taken Peter aside for a private conversation instead of saying something in front of everyone. Well, those approaches may sound good, but the problem with those is that they would have prolonged the confusion, they would have prolonged the error, and the Gentile believers would have suffered. The Jewish believers and those from the Jewish prior to, in the Jewish faith would have been even more confused. So rather than allow confusion to spread and whispers to spread and uncertainty to grow, Paul dealt with the issue head on. That's not always the way you have to do it, but that's pretty much the way he needed to do it here because Peter was going to be known as a hypocritical leader if Paul didn't confront him and get this thing held to, held to the fire right now. Paul spoke to him immediately and made room for Peter to clear the air and make things right. Being kind to people closest to us or even to those who are in positions where they might do harm to us if we speak the truth to them, isn't about saying whatever we think and letting the chips land where they may. It's not saying, well, I'm going to just go ahead and blast you and, and let, it, let it happen. True kindness means speaking the truth in love, not just blasting people with the truth. And sometimes in order to protect ourselves in case people respond poorly to what we say, we harden our own hearts. That way their negative reaction doesn't hurt so much. But true kindness will always love. It actually far, loves far more than just being nice. 
because true kindness doesn't turn away. And Paul here says, I'm going to speak the truth, and I think of this situation, I need to do it quickly. It needs to be done now. I need to give Peter a chance to redeem himself. He's sowing confusion here. He wouldn't want to do that for anything in the world, but that is what he's doing. I don't think he realizes it. This needs to be stopped before a bunch of people are hurt. And Peter's going to look back at this situation with regret. It needs to be dealt with now. Wisdom is needed because we must be able to separate our own opinions for what God is actually calling, calling us to do or calling someone else to do. Wisdom recognizes that none of us has all the answers. And our view might not be perfect as to what's really going on in someone's heart. God promises to help us here. In James 1, 5, the word of God says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. He's referring here to wisdom. That's really good news for anyone wanting to grow in kindness, is you're going to need wisdom to do that. But you're not only going to need wisdom, you're going to need courage. Courage is required to stand up and say, this will cost me, it may cost me this friendship, it may result in a discord or a fight with someone I love, I may end up having to navigate some really awkward and frustrating situations on the other side of this conversation. I accept those possibilities because I care too much about what's right, what God wants, I care too much about this person that I'm confronting. I love this person. God loves this person. I can't let this go on without comment. You see, this is how unhealthy relationships often get weeded out and good relationships grow stronger. This is how a community of people help one another grow closer to God and mature in their spiritual gifts. With a great deal of personal experience in speaking kind but hard truths, Paul wrote to the early church, he says this, but speaking the truth in love that may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So I ask you today, are you nice or kind? If, if you can be both, that's good. Go for it. But many times you can't be both. So remember, it's always better to be kind. To be kind. As I say, if you can pull off being both, great. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. But if you can't, it's better to be kind. Because being nice and being kind are two different things. They share a few commonalities, but that's about it. Because being nice involves doing something that's pleasing and agreeable. But kindness is doing something that's helpful to others, but it might not honestly be pleasing or agreeable, at least not at the time. You can be kind, but sometimes in your kindness, you're not going to be looked at as being very nice. A person who's really kind sometimes will not be nice. 
because a truly kind response is not always going to be pleasing in every situation. Niceness has a place. You know, someone comes in with a, a, new, a new hairdo and you say, they say, how do you like my hairdo? Well, you're going to probably be nice. You're not going to probably tell them it's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. You're going to try to be nice. So, okay, well, yeah, I, I saw you'd, uh, you'd been to the, to the beauty shop or whatever the case might be, the hairdresser. I, yeah, I, I noticed that when you came in today, yes. Niceness can hide many things. But the important thing is sometimes you're going to be called that you need to be kind. And you need to confront truth and you need to do it as honestly as you can. Particularly if someone is, is doing something sinful. And they seek your approval. You know, what do you think about what I'm doing? You think it's okay what I'm doing? How, how do you feel about what I'm doing? I think then in a spirit of love, you have to tell them, I don't agree with what you're doing. I don't agree with it at all, and, here, and here's why. Look, I love you, and I, I care for you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to hurt you for anything, but, but in this particular case, brother, i got to tell you, you're wrong here. You're wrong. And in so doing, they may not look at you as being nice, but you are being very kind. You know, when you carried your children when they were young to the physician to get an immunization, they probably didn't think you're being very nice to them. They probably didn't think the doctor was being very nice or the nurse. But you were. Because you were hopefully giving them something that was going to protect them down the road from something that would hurt them. Sometimes you ask your children to take medicine that they don't want to take because it tastes bad. Or eat vegetables that they may not want to eat because, well, they'd rather have a donut than, than their broccoli or whatever the case might be. But, but you know, they may look at you, you're not being very nice to me. Well, yeah, maybe not in your eyes, but I'm trying to be kind. Because I'm trying to give you what you need at this moment, what you need. What will help you most is what I'm trying to give you right now. I'm trying to give you what you need. And in so doing, it might not look to be nice, but I'm being kind. Sometimes when someone shares with you the gospel, you may not look at them as being very nice. They're telling you that you're a sinner. They're telling you that if you die in that condition, you'll face eternal judgment from God. You might say you're not being very nice to say things like that. To say that I'm going to face judgment, that, that I'm going to face God one day and have to give an account of my sin? That's not a very nice thing to say. Oh, but it can be a very kind thing to say. As you share with them the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, now he died on the cross to save from sin. And how you share with them that God will receive them and forgive their sin and birth them into his family through the miracle of the new birth you will be showing them one of the greatest acts of kindness in the world. At the moment, they may not like it. They may think you're not being nice. But you're choosing to take the high road, and rather than being nice, you're being kind.
Well, with that, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And it's always a pleasure to be able to come to you, whether it's by way of radio or perhaps you're listening to the podcast or maybe you're listening to our program on Facebook or one of the various social media sites. We're so glad to have you tune in and we appreciate it so much. I will mention the Pathlight podcast. There is not only this program there, but an archive of many of our past programs there. And if you'd like to check that out on whatever app it might be that you check, it's called the Pathlight podcast. And uh, many of our programs, many of our programs going back many, many months will, uh, will be there. Till next time, this is T.D. Worthington saying may God richly bless you is our prayer. You have a wonderful, wonderful week as you walk with our Lord.